Hi there, it's Cameron Vakilian with Inspire, the podcast where we discuss what makes a successful career and why. For this episode, I'm continuing my conversation with Dr. Dan Mosesen, career coach for the U Career Success Center at the University of Utah, to talk all about resources for careers in the field of humanities. So Dan, what advice would you give to a student or a job seeker who thinks that their degree might not lead them to a rewarding career? Okay. First of all, since we're both in humanities here, there was a study a few years ago that suggested engineering students start off with a higher pay than humanities students, but over the course of a career, the humanities folks close the gap and even pass the engineers because they have other abilities that are ultimately more valuable even than the technical skills. My guess is those are like leadership skills. There's communication, empathy, emotional intelligence, being able to speak to multiple cultures, multiple audiences, and really building tools for self-reflection, being able to articulate values and be guided by them. And that's what you find making or breaking organizations, especially at the top. Humanities really builds those in a unique way. And the college had these incredible posters. They had dinosaur graphics on them with scientists with test tubes and things. And it said, science can teach you how to clone a dinosaur. And humanities can teach you why that might be a bad idea. <laughs> Dinosaurs, you know, running rampant, eating the scientists and stuff. Now, hopefully by the third or fourth dinosaur escape, people would stop investing in Jurassic Park. That knowledge can lead you to or away from business successes or business problems. I mean, they would save a lot of money listening to the person who knows 5,000 years of literature about human beings trying to master nature and failing, just to give that example. I'll move away from the 90s cinema jokes, but um, <laughs> yeah, so don't doubt the value of your skill set because there's evidence that suggests it really is quite valuable. Your path to that leadership role will not look like a person whose training is mostly technical. It'll have a lot more twists and turns. It won't be laid out as clearly for you at the beginning of your career, but it's still very possible to get there in ways that will play to your skills and your strengths. And that's actually the second thing I wanted to say about that was there's probably lots of fulfilling careers that most of us can have. So at Career Success, we sometimes use this assessment called Clifton Strengths. It's kind of a career personality test. And the theory behind it is that people have natural abilities and traits that they can use to excel in any environment, whatever environment you're working in or volunteering in or whatever, these things go with you. And so especially these days, over the course of a career, you might work with six or seven different organizations, even with pretty different missions. And it's a really important way you're the same person in each of those roles. And you can find ways to shape them and improve them to suit your strengths and your goals and your values. And if you can't, you have the power to find something better to do, even to reinvent yourself completely as long as you're in touch with that core that stays consistent over time of skills, talents, traits, values. We can help you with that, but frankly, so can your humanities education. I do think you have a good foundation from that training. Absolutely. If you've chosen a field in the humanities, 
you can bet that that is a field that is going to give you those personal skills, those very humanistic skills mm-hmm. that are complex, right? right? That are needed. You know, it's going back to this point, I'm thinking of a video that we used to show at orientations. I think it was John Lipko that that talked about <laughs> this and it was called The Heart of the Matter. Mm. And I still love the message behind it that talks about the humanities, giving the metaphor of a flower, that the stem of that flower is STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm. But the blossom of that flower is the humanities. So you can't have the flower without the stem. You can't have the flower without the petals and the the beauty that blossoms. Mm -hmm. The two go hand in hand with each other. And humanities really is the why when the sciences might be the what. And, And that you have to know if you're pursuing a career in the humanities is incredibly valuable. And it's why I love the point you make about mm. the research behind this, mm. that over time, people who have careers in the humanities actually catch up in terms of pay and rewarding careers because that is growth and evolution. I mean, that's the very thing that you learn in a lot of these fields. So I just love that that is something that you coach students on and that you're aware of. Mm. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So another question for you, what are some resources that humanities students should know about? This is more opinion than something that's been validated across the board. I can tell you what I direct them to. There's a lot of humanities career exploration resources out there. Because of a number of employment trends, most of those are pitched toward graduate students in the humanities, doctoral and master's students. And so I used to coach doctoral and master's students in the humanities here. Now I work with undergrads mostly, but I do it exactly the same way because I think a lot of that material translates. The skill sets that are being trained are largely the same. Of course, the PhD people have them at a higher level, but a good humanities student has those in an advanced way as well. So the professional organizations that are attached to the different humanities fields may have resources. I know a couple of years ago, MLA for English had one called Connected Academics that had some resources for folks who were exploring non-professor career tracks. And for grad students, you could just translate that to tracks other than grad school. Because for humanities, you're not really being trained for any specific career path, which makes it sort of more challenging, but also more exciting. The only thing you're arguably being trained for really is a graduate program. And there are resources out there from, I think the American Historical Association has some too for helping people think more broadly about career possibilities with the skills they build in humanities. And if you're not in English or humanities, that actually is pretty irrelevant because a lot of the skills are going to be the same across the different humanities content areas. There's other resources that I think are really good that were developed for graduate students by the sort of national group for graduate student coaching called the Graduate Career Consortium. And that's a a pretty STEM-heavy organization, but they did create this really cool tool for humanities and social science grad students to explore different careers. That's a free web platform called Imagine PhD. And I think undergrads can ignore the PhD part and go dig into those resources anyway. The heart of it is what they call job families. And they have 
I think it's 10 or 12 different sets of information on different career paths that humanities people have gone into successfully. Consulting, advocacy, publishing, higher ed administration like me, writing, marketing, PR, I believe is one of them, translation, interpretation. And they have a blurb on faculty careers as well, if that's someplace you really want to go. So you can basically use that to see some of the range of what is out there and gather some information, see what resonates with you and looks interesting. And I would also use it for inspiration for networking, for the kinds of fields and even job titles that you can start mining for in your networking explorations. They also have a section called assessments, little career personality tests where they ask you some questions about your values, your skills, and I think it's your interests. And they actually suggest that you do those before you look at the job families. So that, I think, is a very useful platform that you don't have to be a graduate student to use. There's a resource that's connected to Imagine PhD as well called Intersect Job Simulations. And they have a bunch of STEM content as well. But for each of the humanities career fields that's explored in Imagine PhD, they have what they call a job simulation, which is basically a sample project or a sample day in the life of someone in PR or development or advocacy or publishing or the other ones that they have. And I was walking a student through the translation and interpretation sample the other day. And what that was, giving you an example to work through of a pitch of a translation project to a publishing house. So basically, if you are the translator, like a freelance translator, who wants to translate a certain book for this publisher, okay, this is how you would write this proposal to them, that you're the one to do this project. And then they give you some kind of self-reflection tools, questions to ask yourself to kind of process the experience. You can use that as well for career exploration and inspiration for networking. Yeah, that's so great. That's so many opportunities right there. I mm -hmm. mean, I can see students in just about any field, linguistics, international and area studies, mm -hmm. English, you know, all these different fields that there's so much more to it. And you're right, there's not a linear path always to a career or a job title that just fits with what you are studying, right? right. You're developing the skills necessary to go out and kind of sell yourself in many more ways right. than one, right? right? And I love these examples of some resources, so thank you. You know, I'm going to throw one more thing out that is very important for getting yourself on a career path after graduation, and specifically in these fields where you don't have a direct career path for you, and that is to gain hands-on experience gain hands-on experience outside of the classroom, whether that is organizations on campus that you can be part of, whether it's part-time work, volunteering, internships, which Cameron can tell you a lot about. That is a very important piece of your profile as you go out into the job market, that you have hands-on experience with something because we know that you have all these humanities skills, but you do need to be able to testify to evidence of them in a concrete real-world setting. I would just add that the PMI involvement as well, I had just been trying to learn about the field of project management. And I think 
that, by the way, is an extremely promising area for humanities people to explore, since it's so much about people skills, communication skills, organization, seeing information in context, dealing with problems that have many moving parts in kind of a systematic way. Try your best to gain hands-on experience somewhere related to something that you're interested in before you graduate. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dan. It has been such a pleasure to talk with you today about all of these amazing subjects. I know that you've helped so many students and you have such a wide background around this. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Happy to come back. I love doing this format of things. So yeah. yes, Thanks and thank you for your amazing NPR skills as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I won't do those on broadcast. So. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Tune in next episode for the first hot topic of the season, career investment and redefining failure to serve as opportunity in a market that can be painfully unpredictable. Follow the Inspire podcast on Instagram at Inspire by Cameron to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and content. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.